mungkin ya banyak antunya karena di sini tuh banyak manusia yang yang dihabisi yang mati nggak wajar lah yang mati yang tidak wajar datang sini sehat sampai di sini dipukul mati kalau dulu kita main pukul pertama itu datang kita main pukul itu kan darah banyak di sini kan di sini kan darah di sini kan darah banyak ini kan <tuh> jadi karena telur banyak darah itu kan bersihnya kan bau ya kan jadi cara cara untuk jangan keluar darah itu inilah pakai sistem ini ya sepragakan boleh kan everybody welcome to generation loss the show about movies with me <laughs> and jeremy that's right folks welcome to generation loss once What's again up? we're here talking movies we're here with mike stands now on both sides of oh, yeah. the line i saw Look, Bryn, no yeah, <laughs> you guys can't see this at all but we're both wiggling our fingers showing that we're not holding our microphones those aren't spirit fingers. <laughs> These are spirit fingers. <laughs> was it was it spirit? Yeah, it was. Yeah, from uh, from Bring It On. Bring It On. Yeah, I thought it was jazz hands for some reason. Jazz hands is from another thing, isn't from it? From something else. Jazz hands is when you like do this, right? They, you shake them. Anyway, the point is, uh, for the first time in three plus years of podcasting <laughs> on a professional level. I finally <laughs> am not holding a dynamic microphone in my hands. <laughs> you know. I finally took the plunge and spent $20 to get a telescoping thing for my desk. <laughs> it's funny how often I help would hold it in my hand, even though I have, because I'm a musician, I have yeah, mic stands like, in yeah. my house. I just would like, Bah, I don't want to get it. What are you gonna um, do? Yeah. Is that like? Are you using just like a regular, um, like a regular boom stand thing? It's a mic like you'd stand. use on stage. It's on yeah. the yeah, yeah. It's on the floor. Oh yeah, mine is. Uh, mine's attached to the desk. Yeah, at you've been to uh, you you were at the old BP Bleda studio. Mm -hmm. Yes, and that we had like big, uh, like NPR arms or whatever. Right. Yes, uh, it's like one of those. Yeah. Yeah, but it <laughs> nice. was twenty dollars. <laughs> uh, so it's probably not as good. As what Todd had. I started using these specifically just because uh, I wanted to play video games while recording BB. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was, like, A in big the... part of my motivation was like I'm constantly Googling things midway through talking about them to make yeah. sure that I'm right. So I was like, I want to have two hands available for that activity. Yeah. <laughs> it's annoying having to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Typing with one hand. Anyway, that's enough gear talk for one week. Yeah, that's behind the curtain. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about on the screen. What did you watch? <laughs> <laughs> this let's week. talk about let's talk about an industry where <laughs> boom mics are in uh, frequent use. Film. <laughs> <laughs> the cinema. <laughs> Um, I watched, um, so as, as, um, 
you know, listeners are well aware at this point, I, I have had a child and, um, you know, my, my, my emotional capacity, um, for dealing with horror right now is very minimal. Mm. And, and it's no a lot of baby. the, <laughs> no, pet yeah, definitely cemetery. not. <laughs> no, definitely, definitely not. <laughs> um, but the uh, yeah the the show the movies we're watching for the show right now are are taking up a lot of that space. But it is still spooky season, and so I do still want to be involved in the culture, you know. So I've been trying to find like little workarounds. Like I talked about last week, I watched a lot of Scooby Doo, and uh, this week I watched Adam's Family Values. Oh, that has a baby. It does have a baby, but the baby's fine. <laughs> the whole <laughs> There's time. There's nothing, nothing wrong with the baby at all. In fact, it's it's a big part of the uh, the win strategy in the right. end. Right. It's a very cute baby. <laughs> I, I, um, that's a movie I've seen like a couple scenes of. I think mm-hmm. I don't know if I've actually sat down and watched any of those. Oh, I would highly recommend Adam's Family Values. I don't know. I haven't seen the first one in a long ass time. Um, I don't think it holds up. Maybe it does. Adam's Family Values, absolutely hilarious, really, really good film. Like, honestly, just I don't understand why. Like, so I, I was looking at the the Wikipedia page, and um, it bombed. It absolutely bombed at the box office. That's true. It uh, budget was forty seven million, box office forty eight point nine. So it like tough. fucked up bad. Yeah, it really, really tough times for the Adams family, I suppose it, it was unfortunate that it came out the week before Mrs. Doubtfire. I think that's probably a big, big factor in this. Hmm. Yeah. I guess those are similar, uh, demographic audiences. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, kind of children, know, big, family. Yeah. Big family comedies. Mrs. Weird. Doubtfire is like a legendary movie that, you know, y- you can't beat it. Yeah. You're going to be Robin Williams in drag. In You're drag. not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but it's, what's interesting though, is that like, as far as I know, everybody has seen Adam's family values. The fact that you haven't seen the whole movie is shocking to me because in my mind, this is like a ubiquitous film kind of on the level of say like the Flintstones movie. I don't think anybody's seen the Flintstones movie. What? They made McDonald's cups. These are huge movies. (laughs) I think you were a very specific kid in a specific time when those. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, but these movies feel like they're like a ubiquitous part of culture. I guess not. Adam's Family Values highly recommend it. Basically, it's it's a return to the Adams family, right? Um, Right. The first one is is that Fester has been like missing or something and then he comes home and it's about him and Gomez like becoming reacquainted and that's like I guess like the Marty McFly sort of thing where it's like we need a character who doesn't know stuff so we can introduce everybody. Right. So funny you know, because he's just like, look, you're gonna meet like Pugsley and Wednesday. <laughs> funny that you would pick Marty McFly considering Fester is Christopher Lloyd in that movie. That's right, yeah. Huh. Hadn't even thought about it. Um <laughs> But yeah, so the second one is that um, they ha- they have a baby. Uh, Morticia and Gomez have a second baby, or a third baby. Sorry, um, who they name like Pubert? I want to say Pubert sounds right, but I yeah, don't it's something it's something funny where they're just like we wanted to name him something like really normal, yeah. normal, and they're like <laughs> we were thinking like Adolf. you know like all these names like that and then they're just like but we chose pubers (laughs) normal name yeah a lot of really fantastic humor like that uh (laughs) in this 
But then, so it's that, like, Fester falls in love with, like, a black widow, where it's, like, um, not like... Like a a spider? No, not like a spider, though I know you'd think that, and also not (laughs) a black woman with a dead husband. Uh, (laughs) Okay, then you're really gonna have to explain what you mean. No, a woman, it's a a woman who, like, serially murders her husband, so she keeps getting remarried and murdering them. Oh, okay. Um, And so he, like, marries one of them, and then it's about, I guess, like, everybody, like, trying to get him out of this relationship because it's like mostly it's just like it's a toxic relationship that he's not happy <laughs> <laughs> and it's joan cusack right yes it's joan cusack the um the the cast of this movie is like out of control like really mm-hmm. really f- insane talent here we got raul julia we got angelica H- uh, houston we got christopher lloyd christina ricci um yeah, Joan Cusack, of course. Uh, also, as has to be stated on oh, this podcast every time it comes out. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> Apologies again to Bernard and his beautiful career. <laughs> um, yeah, Bernard is is in fact in this. We film. should really have him on the show. Sometime. I know. I'm like I'm mutuals with him now on uh, on Instagram. Okay. Um, Cynthia should, Nixon is in it. Yeah, Cynthia Nathan Nixon has Lane, a very very tiny bit role. David um, Tony Shalhoub. Yeah, outrageous cast. But uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens at like a sleepaway camp uh, where they do like a, a Thanksgiving play, even though it's summer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really unclear what that's about. Why? Yeah. Um, and then, but the best part of it though is that it's like, you know, the whole Adams family gimmick, right? Is that they're spooky, but they don't realize they are, right? Yes. Um, and but like that but that spookiness is like a big part of their you know family culture mm-hmm. right it's, it's unlike the monsters where the monsters are spooky and don't realize it but also like don't think about it as part of themselves like they they think of themselves as normal and everyone else is weird right, right. you saw the monsters right mm-hmm. yeah so it's like you the know show, for example right? the, yeah, yeah yeah they have like the normal uh niece who's just like a regular girl. Oh yeah. It's a lady. But the joke is that they're like, she's so ugly. Like, I can't yeah. believe, like we have to find her husband. Someday we'll find her husband. She's like gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the Adams family, it's like, it's like, they don't see it as weird that they're spooky, but they know they're spooky and it's like a part of their family. Right. So the bit at the end is that like, you know, when the big reveal happens and they're like, Oh my God, Joan Cusack has been a murderer the whole time. I can't believe it. They're just like stoked. They're like, they're yeah. like really happy about it. They finally <laughs> like her. <laughs> As she's people. like, she's got them like hooked up to uh, like electric chairs and they're like going to do a big, like mass murder all at once where she's going to like throw the switch <laughs> on every one of them at the same time. And they're like, this is great, by the way, we love what you're doing. Here. <laughs> she's showing them like a slideshow of all the husbands that she murdered. And they're like, this rule. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, we love to see you build. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's like, like one of the slides is like her husband, like, like cowering in a corner and like a shadow of her with an ax. And they're like, ax, absolute classic. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, very funny. Just a master stroke. It's a, it's a really good, like, uh, for exactly the place that I'm in right now where it's like, you want to be doing spooky stuff, but like, you just can't really take it. Yeah, um, or if yeah. you just want like a break from horror in October, this is a really, really good watch for that sort of to get the flavor of it, but not oh, totally. you know. 
you know, you can watch all kinds of gothy, you know, uh, kind of spooky, like Beetlejuice is a great yeah. example. Mm-hmm. Edward yes. Scissorhands. Beetlejuice is fantastic. Edward Scissorhands a little less because Edward Scissorhands has like a whole like, Christmas like emo theme? sort yeah. of angle <laughs> and like it's kind of just like. Sure. It's like romantic and shit. And I like, like I, it. <laughs> I want something like stupid and funny, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Beetlejuice but, is perfect for that, you know? Right, because it's all gothy, it's all spooky, it's a mm-hmm. ghost, but it's like not, it's all funny and it's a happy ending. And Yeah, Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of which the Dead. Well, that's, uh, that's a little intense. <laughs> yeah, it's not as happy of an ending, I suppose. No, he has to kill um, his mom. Spoiler, sorry. Uh, and I guess like, no, Beetlejuice isn't really a happy ending. I mean, like the parents are still I mean, they're not parents. They're no the Gina. Lydia's just friends. <laughs> no, they they were never going to come back to life, but they help her out and sort of. Yeah. There's the whole dance scene at the end, and right. it's good. Um, yeah. So, uh, did you watch the Adams Family show? I've seen a bunch of it. I mean, it was like one of those things that would kind of come on around this time of year on Nick at Night. Mm-hmm. Unlike the Munsters, which for whatever reason was on year round. You, you, you know, were a Nick at Night person, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know when the Adams Family first started? Uh, sometime in the 60s, right? You'd think that, but it's actually 1938. Whoa, is, is as the, like a comic or is something? the comics, yeah, from, Whoa. in the New Yorker. Because I think it was in like... In the New Yorker? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all just like, like Morticia like looking at a picture on the wall and like the caption is like the name of whoever the mayor is at the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a picture of like a dead body and she's like, the Republicans. Yeah. <laughs> 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 President Wilson, we should have him for dinner. <laughs> yeah, because they were like living in New Jersey or whatever. I think, I mean, I've, I kind of, I think they're supposed to be Jewish or something. Like, there's a certain sort of like, they're not from here. Like, they're different and we have to like deal with them kind of. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, since- definitely these old comics are, I mean, Fester sure looks Jewish. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you know, but they're also, like, Transylvanian or some sort of, mm-hmm. like, I think there's some sort of, like, Bolshevik-style, like, you know, weird Eastern European stuff going on. Yeah. Um, and that they're just weird and spooky and that it doesn't, people aren't sure what to make of them. Um, and I think that's what's, what's really interesting about the Adams Family is how, like, if there ever was a political angle to what the Adams family was supposed to be, it's like completely gone. <laughs> right. Um, and it seems like you don't put, you don't do a, you don't do a long running cartoon in the New Yorker that is completely like non-political. Um, so I, I just never, I haven't really dug into it, but I, I did recently look this up for some reason. Oh, I think because uh, there's a, like an all CGI remake of the yeah Adam's yeah it's on out. the I was considering watching that but I was like no that's probably gonna suck um, <laughs> yeah the animation might be cool but it's nineteen def- does not look like it's like a good movie at all it looks it like made it's- a ton of money though did it it was it cost twenty four million dollars and made two hundred woo and it's got Oscar that's bigger Isaac than the first it. one that's bigger than the original movie yeah. 
It's God got, damn. It's got Oscar Isaac and Charlize Theron and Chloe Grace Moretz. Well, I mean, every every animated movie now has that. You have that. to. Yeah, you, you have, have to, to have some Which good... is ridiculous because they're like so underutilized. It's, <laughs> it's kind ever... of outrageous. It's it, the, the peak of the form and when they should have probably stopped doing this was having Vin Diesel be Groot. Once Vin Diesel was Groot, it's like, you got to stop doing this. This <laughs> is the cares? joke. This is the joke. <laughs> this is what it was yeah. all leading to. And now that they've done it, it's like, wh- how are you going to top this? This is never going to be funnier than having Vin Diesel be Groot. And, that- <laughs> and that's the same movie where they have Bradley Cooper be a raccoon. But at least the raccoon talks. Like, at least the <laughs> raccoon has, like, lines. Groot just says, I am Groot. You could literally right. loop it. It's not even. <laughs> yeah. So well, at the end, he says, we group oh uh, yeah, yeah something like that yeah <laughs> um but i mean i think that's from vin diesel being the iron giant it's like a reference to that right does he say anything in that he says dean and superman right uh, and i'm not a gun but he no wasn't following. big yet right he was no no he was, he was still pretty little he at that had point. just directed the hit film strays <laughs> 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 which he thought everyone would know damn uh, Everyone Vin Diesel, trays. by the way, um, one of the few notable alumni of Hunter College. Really? Yeah, he's a hawk. What does that mean? He's one of, I don't know, I went to Hunter. He's like one of the only... <laughs> I, I mean, like, is 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 people who went to Hunter called hawks? Is that a thing? Oh, I mean, the mascot is the hawks. Mm. Um, and we, we, it wasn't really, we didn't have like a big sports program and like nobody really like paid attention to that sort of thing. There's no sense of, because it's a, it's a commuter school, you know? You like okay. show up, go to your classes and leave. There's nothing to do there otherwise. Yeah. So like there's no sense of like campus life or like a unified hunter culture. So it, it kind of becomes funny when right. you just like, like out in the wild when I'll like meet somebody else from Hunter. It's a funny thing to just go like, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. <laughs> Squall. <laughs> Things that you never did in yeah, college. Yeah, nobody does it. <laughs> uh, yeah, our, um, my college was a silly art school mm-hmm. that had no sports team but we did have a mascot and we were the pickles <laughs> just because <laughs> what <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah the fighting pickles the and fighting uh pickles. Uh-huh, it's and even better do you remember there's a band the skanking pickles skanking pickles yeah yeah well, or no like, skanking pickle it was a singular it was funny because it was like the that arts conservatory in the 60s because it was a state school and an arts conservatory like at right. the same time um but like the hippies who went there just like took over the school like because mm-hmm. <laughs> no one really cared and like there was no like i i guess there wasn't like a much a lot of power building in in north carolina and at the time so it was just goofy as hell for like a long time and like it's like really deep into the like dna of the school it's just like letterheads have pickles on it and shit and it's like <laughs> it's all Dude, i love so, that that's great all right so um i don't, I don't know what, we're what, talking did, about. what did you watch <laughs> okay. what did you watch this week um uh, what i watched this week well i continued watching saw i watched saw three finally. oh nice um, yeah which one is saw three saw three is oh man it was a. Uh, so I, it's that the was one the... where it's three fingers right <laughs> yeah yeah or no it's three teeth i see Oh, right. That was the one. Um, so that's the one where it's the last one I saw in the theater and I'm on four now. Mm-hmm. Um, but three is where things really go off the rails. Um, 
it kind of ends up wrapping up at the end. But what happens is, is that Jigsaw is really dying this time, guys. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> and they kidnap a nurse. Um, or oh, because they reveal at the end of two that the girl from the bear trap bit in the first one yep. is now working a jigsaw like a- disciple acolyte yeah yeah and, and so then the third one is the first one where like she's just like in it from the moment it starts yeah. so she kidnaps a lady from the hospital and is like treat my friend jigsaw um <laughs> <laughs> and uh her acting the the um the nurse, the doctor woman, is uh-huh. uh, insanely bad. Like, just so awful. Um, right. Couldn't believe it. I was surprised <laughs> at how bad the acting was, even after two. Um, and uh, so that's sort of the main story, is that they put a collar on her, and they're like, fix him. And she's like, he has a brain tumor. Like, he's going to die. I don't know what you- internet just went down yeah i mean that could be i don't know whatever so we were talking about we were talking about saw three and um in the intermittent period while we were waiting for your internet to come back i watched (laughs) a um i watched a video um no a full video of um uh a guy doing like how you could beat every trap in saw three (laughs) <laughs> oh so they think that they could get out no so there's two of them where he's like you can't get out of this you can't like, get out of it <laughs> the first one the one with like the rings through the skin and, and through the jaw and whatever he's like you can't pull it out of your jaw there's no Impossible. way to win. yeah and, and either way i mean obviously they say in the movie like the the door is welded shut so even if you could like right you could anyway that's one of the things that i was going to mention is that like we went on a, a pretty good riff i have to say about jigsaw not caring but in mm-hmm. this movie it's actually pointed out that like this is a some sort of copycat or whatever it's because it's the girl designing the puzzles and she's right. like whatever fuck this person and i want to kill yeah, them <laughs> she doesn't she doesn't get it she doesn't she get doesn't, the jigsaw ideology she, she doesn't get it because she's a fucking junkie she's a woman and uh, women don't (laughs) women don't understand gear okay let's just make this clear this is a this is a uh, this is a stance of generation loss (laughs) the generation loss podcast no we're saying women don't get gear they don't fucking understand i've got more gear than you you don't understand gear Uh, but yeah so but so it's the one so the doctor is is trying to save jigsaw and she has the shotgun necklace on um yeah yeah she's the necklace that it has like shotgun shells that'll like shoot her in the head Mm -hmm. if she doesn't save jigsaw's life very overly complicated yeah (laughs) it's um it could have been anything else yeah, and and again, that's. I mean, the guy points out in the video that it's like this is one of the like most solvable ones because you could just stuff things between the shotgun shell and the hammer, and then yeah, yeah, th- they don't go off, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of that. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's that whole thing where, um, that's sort of the main story, and then there's all of the kills come from this other story 
of a guy whose, I guess, kid got killed by like a, a drunk driver or something. Right, that's right, yeah. And then... And, and Jigsaw's trying to teach him to like let go or something. Uh, yeah, it's not really the same. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like, I guess he's like, stop grieving for your dead son. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, I don't get why that's a thing that you would want him to do. No. Um, and then like, it's not like that guy went out and was like, trying to take vengeance you know it's not like he was trying to kill anybody he's just right. sad um and he's like your life will never be the same if you don't let go of sadness so i've <laughs> kidnapped your daughter <laughs> <laughs> yeah very why is that odd. part of it it's like it really it, it's they don't care anymore the creators uh, don't care at this point they're like whatever Whatever. I feel like they retcon it later, maybe. they like In a later movie, they're like, actually, that was not Jigsaw. That was somebody else as mm-hmm. part of a broader Jigsaw game. <laughs> oh, really? Because that's the thing is, like later on, it becomes this like game of concentric circles where you realize that each Jigsaw game, in fact, is a smaller game within a bigger Jigsaw game. And Uh-oh. that all of this, <laughs> life itself, my friend, <laughs> is a Jigsaw is game. Is a Jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> Because, like, later, it's, like, I don't want to spoil anything for you, but, like, I don't care. The, the junkie girl ends up, like, later in, like, a totally different scenario, getting a tape being, like, this whole time that you've been my disciple, that's been a Jigsaw game. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, Jigsaw's been dead for years at that point. <laughs> You're, like, why do you even do that? Like, you don't get any satisfaction out of the game paying off. <laughs> You already are trying to teach her how to live her life or whatever. Yeah. yeah it's uh, really crazy because at the end of the movie, it's like clear that they're like, how do we put, so I guess we're going to kidnap this girl and then she's going to try and cure Jigsaw of his brain tumor and right. like perform open head surgery on him <laughs> like while he's awake. Uh, and that's like, I feel like that's the main thrust of the movie. And they're like, wait, we forgot to like write in kills. And so there's just this whole scene where he's like, this guy is like, your dead son is tangentially related to this person <laughs> and they're dying and you've got to save them. And he's just like, but I don't care though. And then that person yeah. just dies. <laughs> like the puzzle isn't that they could get out of it. The puzzle is he's supposed to like, just like let them go. And he's like, Nah. <laughs> and uh, there's a couple of, there's, I guess there's like four of those where it's just like <laughs> he enters a room and there's a person being tortured and then then you just watch them die. Or he at one, at one of the times he lets them go. And the game is just like either let them go or don't. Yeah, it's or, not or like, don't. You know, watch like, them die. <laughs> it's not like you have to tear your own hand off to get at the key that's hidden between your Mm-mm. wrist and elbow. They're not even interesting. Uh, actually, <laughs> one of them, <laughs> the very last one is the rack, which always I always remembered for some reason. Oh, the one with like the jar of acid. Oh, no. That's in this movie, but that's the cop from the last movie where she has oh, to okay. like. Yeah, she's like got. Rib- she's on a rack that'll pull her ribs apart. If she yeah. doesn't reach into this acid jar to pull out a key, which she does. Yeah, and then, and then the key doesn't like, work. Yeah, I guess it just doesn't work. But this is the one where um, it'll like turn all of your arms backwards and your legs <laughs> backwards, and then your head backwards, and like that one is very confusing because it's like. <laughs> You have to reach in to get the key 
and then like the key is attached to a gun (laughs) 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 and it's like wait if you get it you will get shot oh but you could do it like um that's a game the thing is that like these are they're misused in this film like that's one that you want to use for like a cop Oh, yeah, or like yeah. a soldier or something. And like your jigsaw tape is going to be something like, in your life, you yeah. believed a key to be a gun. <laughs> you thought a gun could be the key the to key, salvation. Yeah. <laughs> now, a gun must be the key to yours. Yeah. <laughs> Pull Literally. this key out and it'll shoot you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's so funny. Uh, so, but it's also, one of the ones is the lawyer, I think, who who was like the defense lawyer for the drunk driver who killed the yeah. son. And for some reason, that's the guy he saves um, from like being drowned in pig, Hey, you were just, you were just doing blood. your job, man. <laughs> a yeah. lawyer is a job just like anything else. <laughs> um, that's the, that's the one he saves. And then that guy does, he, he's like, we should get the key. <laughs> we, and then he takes it and then just gets shot in the face. <laughs> And then they still don't save the guy on the rack. So, and then at the end, it turns out that that guy is the husband of the of the nurse mm-hmm. who they stole. Oh. And that doesn't really ever matter. And then they kill him anyway. Damn, I don't know. It's a dumb movie. <laughs> and then the end of it, though, is that it's like I, he kidnapped the guy's daughter, and he's like. And now you'll never know where she is because I'm dead. I guess. He doesn't die, though. It doesn't. I don't think so. Jigsaw dies, right? No. No, because there's a whole thing where he's like at the end, (laughs) he makes it through the head surgery. And then um, Shawnee Smith, the girl, the druggy girl. Right. I I can never remember. Oh, um, not Amber. Samantha. Amanda. (laughs) Amanda. (laughs) You were close. (laughs) <laughs> I was actually close. Yeah. I was just trying to think of like what would it be funny to hear Jigsaw say, <laughs> Samantha. Amanda. Um, he... People have told you your whole life that you're more of a Miranda type. <laughs> but actually, you're a. Now's your chance to prove you're a Carrie. <laughs> Never that... die. <laughs> have sex with this man. <laughs> <laughs> He's Mr. Big. Um, uh... In front of you. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> In front of you are a business executive and a hot actor guy. <laughs> okay. Prove to them, prove to them you're a Carrie and not a Samantha. <laughs> Hidden inside their cum is a key. <laughs> inside of their penises are keys. <laughs> One key will lead to a future. <laughs> yeah. uh, at the end, there's like a part where Amanda is like just. I actually don't even remember. I just watched this, but they, um, she's like holding a gun at the guy, one of the guy, the, the, the guy who's been going through the whole thing the whole time. Mm-hmm. And he's like, don't kill him because there are rules. And she's like, fuck you. I want to kill him. And it's like, I don't remember why she wants to kill him. It doesn't, I don't think they have any relation. Fun. And then she kills him, but she doesn't kill Jigsaw. Um, yeah, I think it, there's also a crazy flashback to the very beginning movie, like the very first movie where she's mm-hmm. like, like setting up that thing with him, like 
it's all very silly so they they can't get over like mythologizing themselves i know that's like one thing that saw just like really ruins for itself because it's like it could be a pretty fun franchise but the problem is that they think too highly of the first one and they're mm-hmm. just like constantly revisiting that stupid fucking bathroom <laughs> and like every movie there's something special because like in the second one as you recall because you just watched it yeah they like get through the whole thing and then it's like surprise at the end of the tunnel it's been d- the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, damn, they were in a house that was above that bathroom. Wow. What does it mean? (laughs) Joe List is there. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And then, like, later in, like, the fourth or fifth one, I feel like there's something where, like, he just ends up locked in the bathroom. they just uh, can't get over the the idea because it's like the closest they ever came to like actually fulfilling their own vision, I guess. Right. Well, it's like the well. Also, the thing is, is you have to remember the first six of these. I think it's almost six or seven. Is every year. Right. Like I I, I kind of forgot about that. That it was like every single year after the first saw was another saw so yeah. it was a really quick turnaround in in their minds they weren't like i don't think they were like trying to make it a legend it was just like in their mind they were writing them as soon as they finished writing the last one so it was like fun for them to be like it's all the same movie right um god because- damn yeah they're all once a year once until a year. And I forgot about that until I started watching the third one. And I remembered there was like, uh, I think on the fourth or fifth one in the trailer, <laughs> like it was like, if it's Halloween, it's gotta be Saw. It's gotta be Saw. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's gotta be Saw. God damn, it's it, almost a fucking decade. That's insane. Almost a decade of straight Saw movies until Saw 3D. There was like a big jump where they didn't do them. Um, and then then they did like saw 3d which is absurd and no saw 3d is the year after yeah it's it's up until that and then jigsaw is the next it ended with saw 3d because it maybe didn't make enough money i don't know they all were so like they're all pretty successful but saw 3d at least like was double the cost of the next most expensive one so maybe that was the problem and they were like they're like we're not gonna because at this point, like each one of these, you're probably justifying, you know, a budget increase each time because you're going from one million to four to ten to ten point eight to eleven, and then 3D is twenty. So maybe they're just like, you know, they're, uh, you know, they're like, well, they're, they're going to ask for twenty five next time, and like this one didn't make enough, <laughs> right? And that's what's funny is because this one is twenty million, but it still made one hundred and thirty six. So they were like, but, but I, I feel like they just like ran out of. St- steam and like they're really bad but I don't yeah, know. maybe they walked away from it maybe they were just like yo enough <laughs> like i've yeah. had enough of jigsaw <laughs> well because the producers are that stay the same it's greg hoffman orn cools right and mark berg and they stay the same for all like nine movies um and, and then they're just like that nah, it's over you know we don't need to do these anymore and saw 3d is called the final chapter mm-hmm. and then seven years go by and then they do jigsaw and then another four years pass until they do spiral so i don't know maybe jigsaw is some from of- the book of saw <laughs> is there that's a so book stupid. of saw that's There's such no a stupid ass saw. name <laughs> Man. what what book 
But what is Jigsaw? Is Jigsaw like uh Maybe it's a prequel or something? It's got to be a prequel or something. Yeah, because it's like, it's him again, and he's all painted up like his little puppet guy. Mm-hmm. Well, this Who, is by the way, never gets enough screen time to justify like the amount of, of merch that he has. I know, and also he's so like tied in with what your memory of it is because he's creepy but like he doesn't actually do anything he has no significance to what jigsaw's thing is either it's not like <laughs> no it's, <laughs> it's not, not even, in character it, <laughs> it doesn't make sense it's not even in the bathroom <laughs> yeah what the fuck he's in the bear trap scene right he's in like one scene yeah and then it's just like for fun it's like the it's like the original director of the movie was like what if there was a cool puppet and that was like the whole idea. Yeah, it's like a. It seems like an afterthought. Like, um, like somebody was like, "This needs a. This needs like a signature thing." Right, and that's what. <laughs> that's a real funny thing is apparently, he started like carving a puzzle piece into the. Yeah, I remember skin. that. Yeah, when uh-huh. is that? Like, there's. It's never really anything. No, they don't come back to that. <laughs> there's no reason. Uh, they're like, actually, this is stupid. <laughs> Whoops, we made a mistake. <laughs> Yeah, uh, He's, it's too on the nose with the jigsaw <laughs> thing, <laughs> but that's how he got the name. That's what the jigsaw thing references uh-huh. is that he cuts the puzzle pieces out of them because it's a puzzle, but it's, but it's not very rarely is <laughs> or at uh, least it's not a puzzle for the cops who are the ones who are finding that uh-huh. And two is the only time where it's really a puzzle. I feel like two is the I think two might be the best one for sort of completely understanding what's fun about saw. Right. And and then just only doing that. <laughs> oh, we'll just wait until you get to the one with the with the health care guy, the health insurance guy. All right. Uh, I think it's uh, four we'll or five. There. I'll try not to talk about Saw every week. <laughs> no, please talk but. about Saw every week. I will talk about Saw every week. I love it. <laughs> but uh, it's so much fun to do the voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good time. Um, um, all right, so let's get into our regular movie. That's right. The regular movie we watched this week is... Um, the act of killing of a documentary which have we watched documentary yet i actually don't think we have i think this might be the first one we watched and i'm glad it is because it's not like other documentaries no it's a very very strange movie um that sort of makes you question a lot of things about what movies are (laughs) right and how they work especially what documentaries are i mean it's yeah absolutely um so this movie is called The Act of Killing and in Indonesia where it takes place and it was filmed. Uh it's called Butcher, which is an interesting title for I think. Yeah. Um this movie is directed by Joshua Oppenheimer uh and Christine Sin and then everyone else who worked on it was basically anonymous. <laughs> um which Yeah, because yeah. When you well, when for we, reasons we'll get into. When, yeah, exactly. When we explain what happens so uh before we recap what this movie's about um have you seen this movie had you seen this movie no it's something that's been on my like to watch list since it came out i remember it coming out and hearing a lot about it it was a very buzzed about movie Um, yeah i i remember it being buzzed a lot a lot of buzz and i saw it in 2012 mm -hmm. um in the theater um one of the most like remarkable like theater going experiences um i ever had Mm -hmm. um because it was a movie where there was some kind of reaction from the audience that i'd never really experienced which was like 
dreadful silence like uh-huh. no clapping at the end no like it was in a kind of like upscale artsy theater and i think it might have even been in a festival like some one of those like new york festivals where it happens all over the city right um and like a lot of people were there it was like a packed theater and i remember when i when people started walking towards the exit like walking towards me past me to, like everyone just had this like blank like gaunt look on their face and like some like people weren't like necessarily crying but like looked like they were just shaken right um, so a very weird experience for me <laughs> um very strange to revisit it at home because <laughs> i haven't seen it since then um but i do remember it being very intense yeah so- it's it's something that i had heard a lot about and i'd intended to watch and I mean, similar to Come and See, where it just kind of like stays in the queue forever, because every time you're about to watch it, you're just like, I don't want to, I don't want this. Like, whatever this is going to make me feel, I don't want. Yeah, everybody here, the only thing you hear about the act of killing is that it's extremely brutal and hard to watch, and leaves you feeling like everything is bad. But in a very different way than Come and See. Oh, totally. Come and see has this like really brutal, emotional, like everything is like so draining every time something happens. And this, I didn't feel necessarily like uh, that same sense of 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 like dread and misery as much as like I would like almost catch myself zoning out and then be like, "How are you normalizing this?" Mm, you know what I mean? Because that's kind of like the that's the the ever present theme of this is how these men have like normalized what they did to themselves right. and they've like gone on to live normal happy lives despite having like murdered countless people right and like to me it's like i'm watching it and like so much of the way that they're talking about stuff and the way that they're living their lives is so humdrum that like there'll be times where i'm just like and i guess i'll just like check twitter and like go <laughs> look at something else and well, then i'm that's- like but then but then you're just like these guys are talking about literally like cutting people's heads off for being communists. Like, yeah. I can't believe I'm like, I can't believe I'm finding this humdrum. That's what's so intense about it. Yeah. No. Okay. So let's at, at that, on that note, let's kind of re- recap what the movie is. So this is a movie where to, to, to give a little background in 1965, the CIA, um, <laughs> <laughs> Important to note to mention. <laughs> what? In 1965, the CIA uh, hired a bunch of uh, people to overthrow the communist government of Indonesia, or the 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 socialist sort of like leaning government. It, it gets very, uh, you know, we won't go deep into what actually happened, but they did a coup in indonesia and killed every communist and ethnic chinese person um sort of did fascism really hard where it was like they killed the communists but they also had like an ethnics uh scapegoat so literally like we just basically established nazism in indonesia um, right and over the course of a year killed literally over the course of one year killed over a million people um but like not even in the industrial like Nazi way where it was like big, you know, this is a big slave industry thing where we're just killing 
ton, you know, it was like by hand. Yeah, <laughs> it it's was like a bespoke. The, it's, uh, exactly, it's, it's it's not the like it's it's dreadful in a totally different way. Where like the Holocaust, you're seeing these like factories that are created to murder. You know, and yeah. in this case, it's like it's 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 more like the like the the Cambodian breed, where it's just like yeah, you're hearing these stories about just like the like the way people are killing each other that you're just like. Oh my God! Like, really? how did the, how did <laughs> that m- mean nothing to you? <laughs> right. Uh, so it and it seemed to only happen for like two years, and then it was like they won, and then the fascists win, and right. then like they installed the you know new president, and then that was it. Um, and yeah, and the people who were you know who were carrying out this genocide became war heroes and became like you know folk tale like the the kind of people that like you know, you revere in a society, I suppose. And mm-hmm. I guess this movie is kind of starting from a point of like catching up with those people. Right. Right. Like, so, like a where are they now sort of thing. <laughs> so the director decided to like sort of, he was doing him and a, a girl named Christine Sin um, were filming something else, I think, in Indonesia. And they realized that like the people who had killed all of these people's families, like still lived, like were neighbors, you know, like there, there's this caste system now of like all of the people who did all the killings and were given, you know, a living, you know, were paid to murder all the communists um, by us, by the way. Uh, <laughs> um <laughs> And uh, and then them, and then all of the the sons and daughters of those people who are still not allowed to attend certain schools and aren't allowed to you know have certain rights um, in Indonesia, and they're just like living side by side. Uh, and uh, so so they decided to talk to all these people and they wanted to interview them. And then when they met Anwar Anwar Congo, who's one of the sort of main guys who killed thousands of like a thousand communists yeah um uh he and him and his friends who were sort of around um they kind of had this feeling like well if you're gonna make a a movie about us like we want to be valorized and we want to you know have a say of how it's looking and like so and they were big movie people like they had seen a lot of like Martin Scorsese movies and yeah because their background I guess was that like kind of the way that these killing squads were put together was that they were like pre-established gangs like Mm -hmm. people who already were kind of like I guess the idea was that like it's sort of like when you're doing dishes and your hands are (laughs) already wrinkly and then somebody's like hey can you wash this last one you're like well it's not my dish but i guess my hands are already wrinkly so i'll do it (laughs) and so i guess the the thinking (laughs) it's i do now Uh, um but but i suppose the thinking on the behalf of the cia would have probably been like well we need people to carry out you know genocide i guess these people already you know they already do crime why would they have a problem with it they'll do it for money they have a group dynamic you know so (laughs) let's get them to do it (laughs) and so so uh anwar's crew i guess their main trade was like selling bootleg movie tickets Mm -hmm. for american movies and so yeah they have this like weird cinematic way of thinking of things right and so they uh now being the sort of ruling class of indonesia um sort of have access to all of whatever they want 
Um, and so they sort of start pouring more and more money into these reenactments. Well, they, they, they reenacted, they show, they're, they're showing the, uh, documentarians. It kind of feels like Oppenheimer kind of like tricks them a little bit, (laughs) a little bit. Yeah. Into being like, Hey, what if we like made little videos of you guys reenacting all of your, your glorious, you know, stuff you did. And they're like, yeah, sick. That sounds great. Well, it seems like to, I, I get the sense that it was like, he was like, well, I think what he was really fascinated about was how braggadocious they were or braggadocio. Mm -hmm. I don't know how that word. Yeah. Um, you know, and he was like, um, well, tell me about it. Like what happened? And they were like, Oh, we'll show you the killing field. Like this is the apartment where I took them and I killed them. And then there's a scene where Anwar is watching that footage and he's like, I'm, I look like I'm dressed for a picnic. (laughs) It's like, this isn't how it was. I would always wear like, black and i you know i should dye my hair black because i had and then they start like making a movie of what they did right um and then that has this weird sort of like um (laughs) very surreal yeah it has a weird sort of uh what do you call it like a bell curve sort of thing to it where it's like the like the amount of realism kind of like starts at the bottom and then like hits a peak and then plummets again because like at the beginning they're just like not really doing it that well they're not taking it that seriously like like the guy just has a camera and he's like out in the street and he's like hey you random people scream like i'm burning your house down (laughs) and they're like okay and like you watch and you're like this looks like shit this wouldn't be convincing Mm -hmm. and then at some point yeah he's like we should wear like our outfits and whatever and i should dye my hair black and it'll look like it does and they do just like a really graphic one where he like cuts somebody's head off with a knife but then, like, after a while, they're just, like, <laughs> musical numbers right. and, like, big, crazy, like, costumes and dancing girls and, like, a monster and whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then what gets... it? So the movie starts to become... This is a movie where when I first saw it, I couldn't believe that it happened. Like, it's hard to believe that this movie exists at all. Right. Um, because, you know, just because of all the things we've said about you know a a cia backed genocide where they're just still happening but then like the the idea that these people would alongside the children of the people that they killed remake the murders and in certain cases uh use their victims children as actors (laughs) right um which is one of the more upsetting scenes in the movie. Um, also, like they start to delve into their own psychology around it. And that's when it starts to get very strange. Um, and the first scene that really was just like, I can't believe what I'm watching um, was when Anwar is like, this is the scene where my dreams come back to haunt me. <laughs> right. <laughs> and like, here's a ghost. <laughs> of the person i killed and they're gonna and it's like this very elaborate like big clawed monster thing and he's like this is a ghost and it's gonna come in my room and i'm gonna wake up and i'm gonna be like i, I thought i already killed you yeah. and then you know and that it's like what the fuck am i watching <laughs> yeah because it's it's strange because it's like they're like the way that they present themselves and the way that they clearly feel about what they did are like so at odds with each other where right. like they have this, you know, this like very hyper masculine braggy sort of vibe that they, I guess have to keep up because they're like a criminal, you know, 
they're they're like a they're the mafia, right? They're mm-hmm. like they they have to maintain respect and because we see at one point they like go around a market and just like bust down all these people. Like all right. these vendors at a market, they just go to each and every one of them and they're just like, "Hey, we're having a fucking event. Give us money for it." <laughs> and the guys are like, "Oh, come on, man." He's like, "You give me fucking money right now or like I, you know, he's like you know, you, I like you, but the other guy, I'm just going to fucking kill him if he doesn't give me money. Right. So why don't you give me money? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like threatening but not threatening. It's just like they know that they would kill them, but it's like they just have to flex the muscle. They don't actually have to kill anybody anymore. So it's just right. like they're sort of just used to the, the power dynamic. Um but they don't like it's really kind of a rinky-dink version of what we have here mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like they're they're not even just like local it's only because of how small and like the city works it's like they're basically you know kissinger or whatever they're basically you know john mccain or whatever like these mm-hmm. these are the people who've like murdered people and killed people to have their position and they're just like lazily uh maintaining it right um yeah it's and, but they've also clearly been driven a little insane because of how close they were to it in a way that the ruling class here isn't you yeah, know exactly like you're able to hear you know like someone like you know kissinger is able to sleep at night a lot easier because like he never had to personally carry out any of his murders right you know he's he's had several layers of removal from what he's had to do whereas you know anwar shows us very clearly pretty early on in the movie he's like hey on this roof is where we did it all we killed Mm -hmm. all these people up here and like we had a problem with like getting blood everywhere and having to clean it up and that sucked. So we started doing it with it this like big really ass bad. piano wire. And like he shows you how like he would just kind of like wrap the wire around a guy's neck and like lean back and cut his head off and like absolutely fucking insane. Right. Just um, just dis- like hard to believe that they're even like really describing what they're describing. Yeah. Um, Cause again, it's like the, the thing that's so chilling about it and the thing that's so weird and intense and surreal for at least the first part of the movie before they start getting into the films and then it starts getting surreal in a whole new way. Actually. So yeah, <laughs> but like the surrealism here is, is in the, the way that they're just like in a very like mundane most of the time, but also sometimes like excited and like, I wouldn't even say bragging necessarily as much as they're just like, they're like, oh, somebody's taking an interest in my little hobby. Right. Or my life. You know life. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, they're just like, Someone's wow, interested cool. in little old me. Yeah. This is where I cut people's heads off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, okay. Yeah. It's, it's so, and then what happens is, um, they go through these scenes and they get more and more insane, um, and then uh, we should mention there's also like a lot of interstitial stuff where they're talking to each other and I didn't actually remember this as much but there's one guy with the guy with a mustache who I, whose mm-hmm. name I always forget um he's sort of like I actually don't have uh, any guilt and the way I don't have any guilt is through all of these mental gymnastics I do and let me explain those to you and uh-huh. it's very <laughs> weird because it's like he seems to be one of the most affected by it like outwardly but he's like the one who is always declaring he's like it's totally fine though. Like yeah. the Geneva convention, you know, that's the morality now, but like George Bush, like Guantanamo Bay was fine. They did the same stuff we did. Like, you know, he has like this very high level, like justification. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and that guy's always just like looking like being shot in like mall food courts and uh just like looking off into the middle distance <laughs> um yeah whereas anwar like seems like a kind of like a jolly sort of character most of the time like he's kind of got like a happy-go-lucky spirit about him and the way he kind of describes it is like the way that i've coped with you know my past and whatever because they none of them you know from the get-go none of them would even openly disagree with the fact that like killing has an emotional toll on you right they seem right. to like they don't be like, think that hard. what they did was <laughs> wrong or bad but they thought we had a hard job and you know we cope with it in in different ways and anwar will talk about how he like he copes with it by like doing drugs and dancing right yeah he's like yeah i just do a bunch of drugs and i you know had sex a bunch and uh you know do the like dancing do the little to music, tango or whatever. you know um and it's you know what it started reminding me of this time watching is like if we had won the vietnam war mm -hmm. and then all of the generals and soldiers who won that war and killed tons of vietnamese people just lived in vietnam which they would they absolutely would and yes. they do now like there's lots mm -hmm. of vietnam vets who've moved there because you know we don't give a shit about our veterans and we don't give them health care <laughs> uh, and a lot of and it, yeah and a lot of vietnamese have ended up here and yeah i mean war obviously like has a whole bunch of exchanges like that but yeah you're i mean it's like what's so intense about this is yeah it's 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 such a clear peek into like what happens when like the the baddies win you know yeah. it's like it's it's what happens when you have committed heinous heinous crimes in in service of whatever you needed to do at the time or whatever and and, and you have to just keep living among it you know mm -hmm. Yeah. And so at the end of the movie, um, sort of the last big thing that happens is Anwar uh, plays one of the he plays a uh, like a film guy who they kill. Um, yeah, they all it seems like they're all taking turns being the victim in a scene. Yeah. Um, and so at the end, he plays one of those guys and they like, you know, he's like, He's like hit the table and scare me and like then you'll put the wire and then you'll kill me like this um and they do it to him and he's so visibly like shaken and scared in a weird way and like yeah seems to have like really not been able to handle what was happening emotionally even though it's just an act yeah he just um, like shuts down completely they're like one of his friends is like trying to give him a bottle of water to sip from and he mm -hmm. like can't even move his hand to like take the bottle yeah and then and then it cuts to him being at home and him like, hey, my grandchildren, come watch grandfather, grandpa like get murdered or whatever. And like yeah, he's trying to show his kids. And he's like holding them and kissing them. And he's like, look at it. I'm good at acting, you know. And then he sort of like sends the kids away. And then he says, um, do you think that the people I killed felt what I felt? Like that, you know, it was so scary and felt really, you know, terrifying and joshua like the, the director uh like takes a moment and it seems to like consider whether he should say what he's about to say uh and then i guess probably musters up a little courage to say like well they probably felt a lot worse and yeah scared. i kind of, like <laughs> well, i i almost i read the pause as less like working up the courage and more like is he serious right because that's kind of the vibe i got when he was saying it is i'm just like do you not understand like 
it, it, are we like explaining to you the fundamental like idea of life and death and like, like empathy or like how do you yeah <laughs> and he goes he he's like you know i think it was a lot worse for them because they knew it wasn't a fake and they were actually going to be killed right and he like actually see that seems to shock him <laughs> uh and he like cries and then like they go back to the original place where he showed them where he killed the people originally and then he's like unable to get through his little speech and starts like dry heaving like the jinx yeah yeah i was gonna say it's like it's like robert durst yeah Mm -hmm. it's like this weird like involuntary body thing that's happening where like robert durst is like burping and in this case he's like it's not quite like he seems like he's gonna puke but he never does and it's like Mm -hmm. really loud and intense yeah now i have to say like this scene you know seeing this on the big screen in a huge auditorium full of people was Mm -hmm. very, very intense. Like, um, it was also the jinx hadn't come out. I don't think, uh, no, I don't think so. The jinx is way later than this. There was this big, there was this, like the climax of this movie is a person who's killed a thousand people. Uh, and I think about this a lot. Like you haven't killed one person. Like yeah. you listening to this, you haven't killed a single person. You haven't looked in Probably. someone's eyes as they died. Um, almost certainly, unless you're a veteran, and then you know maybe you have. But like, killing one person is unfathomable to most people. Yeah, killing a thousand people is orders of magnitude harder to imagine. So watching this person who's killed a thousand people and questioning like why did I do that? Uh, uh, and then watching them like have a visceral bodily reaction to it is one of the most intense things that I'd ever seen at the time. Um, and then the movie's just fucking over. Yeah. Um, there's like nothing left after that. It's like, (laughs) but it's also like, what, what do you do after that? (laughs) Yeah. There's no like, and then Anwar went on to be a grand, like it was like his fucking, yeah. I'm wondering if he's even still like alive or what, like what happens to him? He died in 2017. Okay. Um, just from being old. Yeah. Good (laughs) fucking Uh, fascists. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's fucking insane. I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. I, this movie just generally i don't think i've ever seen anything like because it's not i mean this one even more than last week is like very much stretching like what we're (laughs) doing with spooky season uh (laughs) um we're on to be completely honest we're using this as an opportunity to watch movies that we don't really want to watch <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> we're, we're torturing ourselves yeah, exactly it's for for halloween it's fun for time. halloween it's a spooky time we're torturing ourselves <laughs> with war crimes <laughs> next week we promise will be a regular fun spooky movie yeah. um yeah we deserve a little treat <laughs> after this jesus christ um but yeah i've never seen a movie like this Mm-mm. because it's like on top of just already even if it was just a documentary where they talk about the indonesian genocides mm-hmm. and then it ends with the guy coming to realize you know like breaking down whatever walls he's put up between him and what he did yeah. and and retching and whatever that alone would be an insane movie unlike anything I've ever seen to add to it that there's this whole weird like reenactment angle where they're like (laughs) making little movies about what they did and like it's like um 
it's just it's so strange it's so bizarre <laughs> it's so it's hard to imagine that it happened like it, it, there's ever there's no reason to doubt that it's not real but it's like mm-hmm. every part of your brain is like is this real yeah is what and i'm like, watching what did it really feel happen? like to be joshua oppenheimer during all this to be yeah. like I feel like every day going into work, I would be like, I, I'd be like, this is the day where this stops. This, <laughs> this is the, the day, day where they realize what's happening here and that they should not be doing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that they should probably kill me. Like, I would be constantly afraid that they were going to, like, turn on me or something. Oh, like, sure, I don't- <laughs> yeah. But oh. even still, I feel like there would be, I'd be worried every day that they're just going to be like, oh, we should stop making a movie. This is stupid. Or, like, we don't want to make a movie anymore. Right. You know, we don't want to talk to you anymore. It's we want to go live our lives or whatever. ever wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and one of the things that really, that really... I wanted to mention about this movie is that when I first saw this movie, I had never heard of Indonesia as a history. Mm-hmm. Honest, to be completely honest, <laughs> eight years ago, I didn't know what Indonesia was. Right. I didn't know where it was. I didn't know its geopolitical history. Like I, you know, I was in my twenties. I didn't know. I didn't know what I would even have read, you know, like yeah. I'm in America, like, <laughs> like where, where are you going to find out history about like CIA coups in, you know, tw- what was it? 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know where I would have known about this, but this was my first exposure to this whole concept. Like the concept of like, well, I mean the, the movie doesn't even really get into America's role. In, no, not at all. In this it, I mean, they barely get into what the politics of the genocide were. It's mostly about the men who carried it out. Right. He but apparently, they, I, mean, I believe he made another film about the Indonesian genocide that does touch on it a lot more. And that's called The Look of Silence, which is about um, a eye doctor who interviews some of these people who killed his own family, like... Mm-hmm in the guise of giving them eye exams. Um, Interesting. So apparently also similarly fucked up and hard to watch. Joshua Um, Oppenheimer is like halfway between like, like war journalist and like prank YouTuber. (laughs) Yeah. He, he won a fucking MacArthur genius grant for this movie. Yeah. And Um, he did not win the Academy award. He lost it to 20 feet from stardom. Uh, Fucking insane. I remember that year. I was stupid ass documentary about background singers. This is by far the best documentary ever made. Like I, I, I don't, I mean, I don't yeah, think it's hard I've to ever imagine seen, what would be better. I don't think I've ever seen anything close to the honesty of everything in this movie. Um, very absurd, very strange movie. But I wanted to say is that I, I, I didn't know anything about the politics of this movie, and you know, except that what's in the movie is that they're anti-communist. Right. They hate communists, and they killed them all. Mm-hmm. Um. But but watching it now, it's not even clear that they killed them all. Is the thing that's weird about it is because <laughs> well, it's like it's really one of those kill co- all the communists. <laughs> well, but also it's 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 got that classic genocide quality to it, that classic spice that we've all come to know. <laughs> where you know, once you're carrying out your genocide, 
anybody's a communist. Everybody, you know what I mean? Like whoever you want to kill is a communist. It doesn't really matter. Like the Red Scare, like one of the one of the craziest ironies of the Red Scare in the United States is that like most of the people had no affiliation with communism at all. Right? (laughs) They didn't. I mean, they were like probably mildly because at the time fucking like fdr had just become just had just stopped being the president like a couple of years ago right (laughs) and like he was like trying to broker peace with the fucking the soviet union like anti-communism wasn't even like most of the country was like yeah it seems like fairly like just to the left of what we want right like like right. most people were social democrats or democratic socialists uh, uh to some level unions were very strong so but most people didn't ha- weren't like pro stalin um they didn't really care most people were pretty apolitical um, right as you it's always the case but i wanted to say is that now watching this movie in the light of like the Jakarta method has been written. Like the Jakarta mm-hmm. method is something most people or lots of people on left Twitter or whatever have like heard of. Right. Um, and if you have sort of been paying attention to the past five years of like lots of <laughs> CIA coups, um, you kind of have this stuff is like percolated into sort of the consciousness of of anyone like political it seems um yeah and watching this now was a very different experience um than i had when i first saw it in 2012 because there was a sense of like well yeah we know this happens all of the time um and it it felt a little less shocking um Mm -hmm. and a little less mm, a little less uh surprising i guess um but also i thought how interesting is it that a a country like this isn't constantly being saber rattled against do you know what i mean like these people are still in power they're still the fascists who did a Mm -hmm. fucking genocide did a fucking holocaust right um and we're never like talking about in the news like they might have weapons you know they're not a no. danger to america the only time they come up is because they have a large uh, muslim population <laughs> right and that's, <laughs> that's when they come up is well their their whole role geopolitically right now is as justification for why uh muslim bans aren't racist because Ooh. they're like we banned indonesia too and they're not middle eastern <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and so it's just so weird to see a country openly just being like, we murder people. And if you're a communist, and like the fucking newscaster, you know, who was being like, you killed all those communists and that was pretty cool. And yeah. and that gave us fucking malls and like yeah. all of this, this should dumb be, bullshit. This should be required viewing for any fucking like anarcho-capitalist uh libertarian (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know like the the stickers you used to see around that are like helicopter rides you know like anybody who's into that sort of meme culture has to watch this movie that should be law you have to be like post rev post rev (laughs) this is going to be we're going to clockwork orange these people and force them to watch (laughs) this open their eyes with the little uh and make yeah and come and see too um yeah but yeah, and it's just so crazy because this is a country that openly admits to doing that everything North Korea is accused of doing, you know, and yeah. like 
every single other month it's like is north korea has nukes uh are they you know killing yeah. all kinds of people and it's like sure i'm not a big pro north korea person i don't really know yeah enough, and i mean they do have like, like they do credibly at least have a weapons program they do have nukes <laughs> yeah which is you know whatever but i'm just saying like and they should they absolutely should they, it's in their best interest to have them yes i'm sorry they should have them they've got to have nukes um Anybody, any country that is in the in the crosshairs of, the, of America needs to have nukes, or you'll just be America soon. Uh, they all just should anyway. <laughs> like no matter who, like whether you're you're in the crosshairs currently, if you foresee that you ever could be, <laughs> yeah. get them. Just get them. If you even are pretending to be communist, you should have them. Um, so it's just it, it struck me because this is sort of what people think North Korea is, right? Um, Again, I don't want to have a conversation with anybody who's listening to this uh, <laughs> about North Korea, but I'm saying we're not like, talking about it. Yeah, I'm, I don't know what North Korea is like personally. I, don't know, I mean, I'm, I have no idea. You can't really see inside. Not there, allowed. You can get a little bit of Google Earth, but that's it. Right. But <laughs> and I just, by the way, on Google Earth, mwah, it looks very cool. Actually, <laughs> Pyongyang, very interesting. <laughs> we should talk about that on a different episode. But yeah. um. Yeah, I just wanted, it just struck me as like anybody who is like, thinks that that is a sort of knock against communism should watch this movie and see that like, this is what fascism looks like. This is what quote unquote authoritarianism is supposed to be. Anybody, anybody who ever cites you the fucking like communism kill count send them this send them this movie because it's like this is a people they killed a million people in one year and then they're just like all for just to to suppress communism and to put in fucking mcdonald's yeah it's disgusting it's blood-drenched country for the dumbest reason possible um and uh yeah it's a it's a movie that shows the people who were paid some money <laughs> to be, you know, golfing and like raping women on the side, you know, cause there's a, there's a, there's a interesting thing about this movie that I uh, always forget about like how shitty these people are even now. Um, yeah. Cause they're like constantly like saying really vulgar shit to women. Uh, and then like also, I also always forget they're always shaking down the, the, um, the store store owners like they're still just being these like violent beasts who just rove the country and are in charge and are just like mm-hmm. we'll kill you if you don't give us what you want whether that's money or you know letting us fuck you or whatever yeah their whole i mean their whole media culture there is like seemingly uh uh, like the, because they had to in order for the for the regime to like win and like do what they needed to do they needed to like we were saying earlier they needed to like inst- you know and in, use these gangs to mm-hmm. to carry out their killings for them and because of that they have to now worship the gangs mm-hmm. and so like the way that like even on like the regular news show there's like a gangster is somebody who like loves freedom and you're like gangster is just still the word you guys yeah. use. They're like we love thugs. Thugs are the greatest. Yeah, they're like gangster. It comes from the English free man. Yeah, it's like I don't know what that means, but okay. Absolutely um, bizarre. So they're just like a weird cult for people who murder people with impunity. Yeah. Um, and then like everyone, like three million people are in this like 
club that is basically just the proud boys for indonesia um just like young kids who are like yeah we'll you know support the fucking anti-communist regime right um and that's a, a big part of it too so yeah a tough movie to watch yeah <laughs> Um, but I think what, what it, it's interesting that you sort of had a similar experience to me is that it was like not as emotionally affecting as something like Come and See, right? Because I had I had the sense when I first saw it that it was like the most like soul crushing movie I'd ever watched, mm-hmm. and then watching it this time, it's like there there's a certain flippancy I had where I was just like these fucking bastards like i did want them to be like sad and i was like fuck you but it like it didn't really i don't know i i I don't i don't know if it's because of like the education or in level of informedness i had um or maybe it was just because i wasn't watching it in a theater but it was just like not as emotionally grip it it wasn't emotionally affecting as something like yeah it it definitely could it could definitely be due to the fact that we watched come and see (laughs) a week ago (laughs) which is a fictional movie but yeah we maybe should have done this in the reverse order (laughs) (laughs) do you think if you hadn't seen come and see you would have been like oh this you can't get any more intense I don't know, because I mean, <laughs> I mean, if I'm being honest, like it has some factors that are stacked against me in particular. It is, you know, over two hours long. It's <laughs> not in English. There's yeah. definitely some things that are gonna you're gonna lose some points with me on that, just in terms of attention span, and 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 it's a failing of my own. Like it's totally. not something that I would uh, recommend anybody you know make decisions based on. <laughs> um, yeah, you have to. I mean, watching this in a theater was a very is a very different experience than yeah, watching Yeah, that's a it very like, good call. I mean, watching it on my computer with like my dual monitor setup where <laughs> I can like, you know, pull over here and like fuck around on Twitter and whatever definitely didn't help. <laughs> oh yeah, that doesn't work. Um but then also uh also um the person I was watching it with who will remain nameless uh like was kind of giggling at the end <laughs> mm-hmm. when Anwar was like coughing up because it's like right you know it's like they were just like yeah Yeah, i mean the sound quality is like really intense there yeah so you're it's almost something you you kind of have to be really involved in or it it comes off as a little because the movie is so insane already like uh i can kind of understand that it becomes a little goofy or a little bit like what the fuck like you your response is to like release something so right laughing is kind of a reasonable um response um so i don't know i i don't know if this movie holds up as well on a on a screen like on a if you've got a yeah. phone to look at and like aren't paying attention <laughs> i mean i would definitely 110 percent still recommend this movie yeah. i think everybody should watch it uh literally everybody listening to this should watch this but with the caveat that you must set yourself up for success you should set yourself up for success but also like i i think it's actually a better uh thing because it's like you're not going you're proud unless you really invest yourself into this you probably won't be like emotionally scarred in the way that like come and see is yeah uh, is really good at doing to you (laughs) (laughs) um this movie is sort of just like this 
factual thing that happened that is astounding, but you could probably have some emotional distance from it and still pay attention, um, which is good. And I didn't think that was going to be my take on it because of the first time I saw it. But yeah, definitely a movie I'd recommend. Uh, yeah, an incredibly highly, important highly movie. You know, read uh, Vincent. What is his name? Ben Bennett Vincent. The Jakarta Method. Yeah, read the Jakarta Method. I read the Jakarta Method and watch this movie uh, and learn just how awful. Fucking learn a bit. Just huh? learn a little something. <laughs> Why don't you read a book? <laughs> instead, of instead of watching, watching a, a damn movie, movie all the time. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> Yeah, for Halloween, maybe watch a book. Read a book. Watch a book. Watch a fucking book. <laughs> That's what documentaries are. The watching books movie. Yeah, why don't you tweet a book? <laughs> tweet a book. <laughs> All right. Well, that's been Act of Killing. This has been Generation Loss. Thanks for listening to the show. Please follow me at Kinematography. Follow Jeremy at Jeremy Thunder. Jeremy's got another show called Ballin' Out Super and a YouTube channel under Jeremy Thunder where he does City Skyline stuff. I have another show called Beeping Lettuce and another show called Left Trigger on Means TV. And then I also do Twitch streaming at uh, twitch.tv slash dullcare. Um, that's probably it. Go, go that's to it. That's Patreon. it. Patreon.com slash generation loss. I think we're still fine to uh, get paid, but Ballin' Out is... Uh, uh, getting fucked by the tax system right now. <laughs> <laughs> fucking America. I had to incorporate us. I had to like make us a company and now I'm getting all this fucking mail from the government what? about our company and stuff. No. It sucks, dude. I should not be dealing with this. Oh my God. You... I have way too much on my plate to be doing this. Fuck. <laughs> that means I'm going to have to do it. Yeah, you're definitely going to no. have to do it. You should look into that with Beep Beep. What did you use? We'll talk about this after. We'll talk about this after. <laughs> Okay, thanks so much for checking our Patreon so that we can be fucked by the government. (laughs) Um, And uh, we'll see you in the Discord. I can clearly see The men I've ended Not forgotten to me I remember their faces As I set them free